I got to get into this word. I'm excited about it today. Fight, flight, or freeze. I don't have that on the graphic here, but I mentioned to you when we first introduced the series that there are times um, when freezing in a situation becomes what it is. You can choose to fight, and we spoke a great deal for probably two to two and a half weeks on that, about the armor of God, the gospel of peace, your feet fitted with truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, all of the things that you need to fight this enemy that wants to take you down. We also talked last week about the, the importance of fleeing from stuff. And I brought, I brought a point to the surface as I was studying. I, I, I learned, um, and I probably knew this, but I didn't know to the, to the uh, degree that I did this. I, I probably flee more than I fight. I'm always fighting, but I'm always looking for the setup. The enemy would like me to believe that something is okay to dabble in. That will only lead me to a deeper place of potential sin coming in, into my life. That's why I don't like to, when I'm trying to grow closer to Christ, I don't like to start at the level of, is this a sin or not? That's dangerous ground to start on. I like to just go above all of that and say, I'm thirsty for God, and I'm going to thirst for Him and live holy, H-O-L-E, and pure, and I'm going to gauge all of my behavior and all of my actions on purity. Is it pure? Is it holy? That'll give you up above that entry level, is it a sin type of living. You don't want to live there because the enemy's a great deceiver. He'll make you think, okay, it's not so bad. And wasn't, what wasn't so bad gets bigger in your life and it leads you down a path you have no business going as a child of God or a man or woman of God. So you need to be wary of the enemy's tactics. When to fight, when to flee. And sometimes, I want to call it the spiritual freeze response. Fight, flight, or freeze. I can remember it's been about five years ago, the last time I think I froze on the spot, I'm not talking about the spiritual aspect, was when I took a line drive off my shin because I was sitting on the first base side with a, with a right hand batter up. And I froze and like to broke my shin off on a baseball that I had uh, baseball lines on my shin for about 90 days. Not talking about that type of freeze. We're talking about spiritual freeze right now, the spiritual freeze response. When I initially started studying this a little bit deeper, it was negative to me because we're not taught to freeze all the time. We're taught to fight or flee, fight or flee, fight or flee. Sometimes we have to learn, like I've learned over the year, that over the years when you put spiritual freeze response into the spiritual lens, it can be highly effective. It can be highly effective in making spiritual progress in your life. When you freeze, you're still in spiritual warfare with the enemy because the enemy never stops. But when you freeze, sometimes you are waiting on God to provide 
the next thing or the next move or the next action. The spiritual freeze response. If anyone has taught me this, well, I would have to say it is my wife. I always want to take action. I always want to fight. And if I know that I'm going to get in trouble with something, then I just take off running, but I never usually have the wherewithal to just wait and see where God might be, where God might lead you in the situation to just wait. It's not an action that we like to do in our flesh. We usually want to fight or take off. I believe that learning to freeze or to wait on God can do miraculous things in your life. It'll allow you to get out of the way. I could contend that this is where I see most people stumble in their desire to see God move in their life. They're not stumbling because they don't fight. They're not stumbling because they don't flee. But rather they stumble because they don't learn to wait. You take action too soon. And of course, the other side of waiting that I've seen Christians make, followers, Christ followers, say, you're getting awful judgmental today. No, no, I'm not. I'm just watching the way people live. The Spirit lives within me. I am a pastor. I can see. I've got a spiritual sense about me. The other side of waiting that might cause you to stumble is when people use it as an excuse of not doing anything and just saying, I'm waiting on God. We can see when you fight. We can see when you flee. And we can see when you do nothing at all. Just sitting around Oh, I'm waiting on God. Man, when I wait, it don't look like when you wait. I'm doing stuff in the meantime when I wait. So while you're waiting, you know, like when you're on hold and they play music, or when you're in a waiting room at the doctor and they have a magazine for you to take a look at maybe, those will probably end up going away because everybody's just on their phone now. What are you doing while you're waiting? So we have to be careful. The only reason I bring this up today before I get a little bit deeper into the spiritual freeze response or the spiritual waiting response is because I've seen people just use it as an excuse to do nothing for God. We should always be progressing on the spiritual continuum. There should always be action in our life. Maybe personal action. It may be external action where it's affecting others. But there should always be something taking place spiritually in your life. I have learned that there is an art to waiting. The spiritual art of waiting on God. I've learned how to wait on God. I still struggle with it a lot. How many of you struggle waiting on God? Anybody struggle waiting on God? My goodness gracious, God, 
Why you got to move so slow? I want it now. 84 months, not that bad. Hold on, man. You 46, count up 84 months. Your little grandkid will be in second, third, fourth grade before you get that stuff paid off. Mm. Well, 84 months, that'll put it in a new perspective. Truck ain't that nice. And I want one. I'm going to get me one, too, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a little while. Don't catch me being no slave to the lender no more. I'm coming up out of that. I put that into the spiritual mode. I'm coming up out of that valley. I'm not going to be biting on that hook no more. Spiritual art of waiting, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That'll do a lot of preaching right there. We can leave it alone and cut the rest off. Those who, that means not everybody's going to do it, but those who choose to wait and put their hope in the Lord. My version says wait, by the way. Most of your versions will say wait. I just noticed I probably have an NLT or NIV. I'm not sure which one that is up there. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're weary today, Choose to wait and renew your strength. If you feel like you're without hope today, choose to wait and renew your strength. If you don't have all the answers today, come on, y'all. If you don't have all the answers, wait on God. Renew your... It's a miraculous thing that this verse is saying that if we wait on the Lord, we actually gain strength. Hmm, fight, flight, or freeze, wait. When I wait, I get stronger. The Bible's a miraculous thing, you see. It says, when I am weak, he becomes strong in my life. When I wait, he becomes bigger in my life. I gain spiritual strength. Well, pastor, you said that don't use it for an excuse to do nothing. No, in the meantime, while you, wherever it is, word. In the meantime, while you're waiting, wherever it is that you're weak at in life, in your spiritual walk, mount up when you do this with wings like eagles. I don't have a lot of time to preach about eagles today, although I could. And I would probably start it with something like this. You can't expect to fly like an eagle and mount up with strength when you're rolling around in the pig pen with a bunch of dirty pigs. I'm coming up out the pig pen. I'm about to mount up with wings like an eagle. The wings of an eagle exert very little strength. Now stay on it for a second. Not in my notes. This is what preachers do. I got Sunday services every week until Jesus calls me home. These will be waiting here when I get back next week. Somebody needs to know about the eagle's wings. They do very little work. Slight adjustments. You're not all gone. Don't believe the word of the enemy. I'm not sure 
what He might be telling you today. But you're not broken the way that He wants you to believe. You are made with a purpose. And you might feel like your life is on a crash or it's on a slow decline. But the wings of an eagle only take a slight adjustment and they can climb hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air without even doing that. Just a tweak to the wing. This is the type of strength that Isaiah is telling us. It doesn't take much when God is in it. Little is much. I'm just a regular dude. I'm nobody special. But I am a willing vessel that says, God, take me and use me and give me strength. Little is much. Just a little tweak can elevate you to heights in your life that you never thought possible. You are someone special in the eyes of God. There's only one like you. The Bible says that you are the apple of His eye. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb and before. You are someone special. Put your hope in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And learn to renew your strength so that you can soar with wings like an eagle. Eagles don't have to work much. Because they're so dynamic. Now if God would care about the eagle, and eagles are great, how much more then, the Bible says, if you go read, would He care about you? If He clothes the fields with flowers and cares enough to hang the moon for you to have light when it's dark outside, how much more then because you see, the Bible says you're actually made in His image. Nothing else is made in the image of God. It's just us. It's just us. And when we fail, when we have failed over time, He loved us so much, He said, I'm going to send my only begotten Son to rectify the situation. To fix it. Soar. How many of y'all love the Bible? I'm just in my first note. I wanted this verse to be a reference to the rest of the stuff under this point. But I can't get off His Word. It preaches all by itself. This is easy preaching right here. You can't preach this, you not a preacher. Say, I'm called to be a preacher. Pop up that one right there and grab the microphone. Let's see what you got. You can't preach that, you not no preacher. Because this is a preacher all by itself. It's what the Word says. Run and not grow weary. Mm. Mount up with wings like eagles. Elevate. You know what I've learned about when God elevates you to the next level in life? He has done this for me over and over and over again. Not only does He elevate, but He accelerates. He does it really fast. You could be struggling all your life like beating on cold iron. 
which is scripture as well. But when God is in it, it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling, in an instant, He can elevate and accelerate you to levels really fast. You look around and you'll be like, How did this happen? God became God, you became humble. And he did his work. You let God be God, and he took his role, and you became you, a humble servant, and he did with you what you cannot do. And when that happens, it happens fast. He can heal your body. He can heal your mind. He can heal your spirit. In an instant, God can turn your situation around. Run and not grow weary. Life can make you tired sometimes. This verse tells me that he will give me strength. He will elevate me. And when I run, I won't even know that I'm running. I'm outpacing everybody else. Look at Pastor Go. How does he do it? How do you have the time to do what you do? I don't know. That's because I can run and not grow weary because I'm running not on my own strength, but on the strength of one who can do what I cannot do. That's how we do this. Look at Pastor Go. I've been watching Kylie lead worship for a few months here. Look at Kylie go. I've been watching people develop. I saw Gail run our women's group. Look at Gail go. Lead them ladies. Yes. I see Blake back there. He's a student. Getting his degree in... Bible studies, basically. Want to be a minister. Look at Blake go. Do your thing, Blake. Run and not grow weary. I see our groups that meet on Monday night. People that have been affected by addiction and the wreck it can create in one's life. Because the enemy finds a way to get a hold of stuff that he has no business getting a hold of. One thing leads to another and you become not who you're supposed to be. But what the addiction defines you as. And I look at Angie and I look at Dustin. And I watch him running. We're working on a disciple group right now. Discipleship group. Supposed to bring it into play after, uh, after the new year. And we said, now you know, you, you're saying you want to do this every week. You don't want to do this for like six or eight weeks and take, no, we're going to keep on running. I said, look at Angie and, 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 and look at Dustin go. Look at him go. Run and not grow weary. Mount up with wings like eagles. Wait on the Lord and let him renew your strength. We're not talking about fighting. We're not talking about fleeing. We're talking about renewing our strength by waiting on the Lord. I could keep going. I could keep going with people. I already broke past the rule number one. 
I gave somebody some props, and now somebody else out in the seats talking about, I can't believe he didn't say nothing about me. I've been in here every week doing blah, blah, blah. I'm not coming back no more. I've been breaking my neck trying to do such and such. Just hold on tight. I'll get you, I'll get you coming up soon. I see y'all working. I love y'all. Thank you for volunteering your time. Look at them go. Look at that foundation family go. Hallelujah. Spiritual waiting develops a prayer life that doesn't say, I need it now. Spiritual waiting says, Lord, give me patience. Spiritual waiting takes faith to believe and trust that God will move at the right moment. Not a second too soon or a second too late. Over the years, I have learned to wait with expectant hope. I've learned that things happen during the wait that contribute to the developing of who I am becoming in Christ. That's a mouthful right there. So therefore, I want to say it again. I'm probably going to use that one for the sermon quote this week. So if you like what I'm getting ready to say, follow us on Facebook and wait for this quote. I have learned that things happen during the wait that contribute to developing who I am becoming in Christ. It doesn't mean that waiting ever gets easier for me. Hmm. That's profound. I wish it was from me, but that's from God, so I can't take credit for it. Waiting has never gotten easier, but I have learned the necessity of allowing God's perfect timing to unfold in my life. I value the wait. I want to stay here for the rest of the sermon today and talk about Valuing the weight. That's a hex bolt right there. If I guess where that came from, Eddie probably played them drums so hard, you know, snapped the bolt up across the plastic things. I love it when Eddie plays them drums hard. If you guys could see the text from Eddie that we get, the worship team has a text group, and he gives us the weekly drummer review. And he critiques his drum work. It's quite entertaining. I usually give him like, you know, A, B. You know, he can play. I think he rolled in with a D for himself last, last week. I'm like, come on, man. You're too hard on yourself. What grade is scale you on? I grade on a curve. I need them curves, man. I'm always waiting on that teacher like, it'll be all right. They'll curve it. You're not the only one. It'll be all right. I probably, there's probably a sermon in there somewhere about God grading my life on a curve. I'm thankful for that. Sending Jesus to the cross was grading my life on the curve. If he sent him for nobody else, he sent him for me because I can't get this walk right. The things that I've learned while waiting have made the receiving so much better. Mm. That's something to shout about right there. 
I think we got one, but I believe there's a few others in here that needed to shout about that. The things that I have learned while waiting about who God is, who I'm not, who I am. See, because the, the enemy would like you to believe the definition that the world gives to you. Y'all don't define me. Newsflash, get in the word. I am who he says I am. I'm not who the world says I am. I'm someone special in Christ. If my dad were preaching today, he would say, you have royal blood throwing through your veins. You belong to the kingdom of God and you are a child of God. I'm in a royal family. What you talking about? Royal family. And all my earthly family, we up in that royal family together. We live in a society where you don't have to wait on much. I believe it's a tactic of the enemy. And that's a little bit much, Pastor. You don't know much about the enemy. God directly told Adam and Eve, do not eat of the tree. And they turned around and ate of the tree. Now you think if he couldn't do that in that isolate, it wasn't nothing but the tree. Don't do that. It wasn't all this other stuff we got now. Which is why we got the word, because he knew it was coming. Don't do that. No, man, he didn't say don't do that. You cool, you could do He didn't really mean it like that. See, what had happened was, and then all of a sudden you're down the, down the bunny trail. I love it when people say what had happened. That is usually following when you said, hey, man, such and such. And they go, huh? Now you know. What had happened was they're thinking of the story they want to tell. Huh? Huh? You know good and well what we ask. If y'all don't have kids that have been teenagers yet, you're going to get the huh? And then you're going to get the, uh, I hear what, what had happened, you're going to get it. Now they don't say it like I say it. You can get anything you want now and pay later. Sometimes it sounds like sin in your life, doesn't it? Get anything you want now. Look enticing. Sounds enticing. Oh, but she looks so good. Mm. I could keep going on that. But I'm going to stop because I got a stewardship series coming up. Y'all talking about, I want to be a steward. You can't even steward your own tongue. How are you going to steward? There's something else in your life. Some other, you can't even say the things in life that are pleasing to God. Manage that first. Two ears, one, one mouth. Listen, double, talk half. That's hard preaching right there. That's hard. I've had to learn that the hard way. Always a consequence. I want to read the last note to you again there. You can get anything that you want now and pay later. Mm. That has hurt me so many times in my spiritual walk. I've learned over time how to 
try to overcome this by waiting. The flesh craves the right now. It creates a huge spiritual dilemma because God doesn't always work in the right now. We are always becoming. Who I am today is helping me who He wants me to be five years down the road. I can't negate the goodness of God today and expecting and knowing that when I walk in faith and obedience unto God and I listen, that five years down the road, I will be greater then than I am today. What does that look like, Pastor? <laughs> That's another sermon for another day. Lamp unto the feet. Let's see now. Beaming headlights? No. Lamp unto the feet. How far does that shine? Lamp unto the feet. I can't step that. Where to next, God? Where to next, God? Got to wait. What I've learned is that waiting, although seems like it takes a long time, it's actually faster. I make more spiritual progress when I wait. I move faster than when I don't wait. I saw the head pop up back there in the media board. said, wait, what? He said faster. Click. <laughs> I appreciate that team back there. So I got them young, smart people back there, know that computer better than I do, know what to click on, when to click on it, do stuff double the time because they ain't got all the learning curve going on back there on the media team. Greg, I'm talking about you too. That's you back there, Greg? What I've learned in the past is that when I don't wait, I actually delay God's plan in my life. Hmm. Oh yeah, I knew I knew I knew I would get it out of you today. I actually delay when I don't wait. When I delay God's plan for my life by not waiting, it takes time to undo the negative ramifications to bring me back to where I was before I decided not to wait on God in the first place. That's a mouthful. A mouthful. Hallelujah. Sometimes in counseling new Christians, I often tell them, God can change your eternity in an instant. He can make you new in an instant. I call this positional sanctification. I used to be in love with the world and in relationship with with the world and the things of the world, and I have switched my position to now have a relationship with God. Positional sanctification. In an instant is how fast it happens. On the other hand, I also tell them that practical sanctification is way different. It's going to take some time to undo your flesh. The church, they don't preach that enough. My flesh come creeping up all the time. I've come to the conclusion that the thorn in my side is highly correlated with my flesh. Paul talks about the thorn in the, the flesh. 
Practical sanctification takes time. It's going to take some time to undo the life that you have built around the desires of your flesh. So then therefore, you've got to wait. I don't think the church preaches this well enough. The church does preach, it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. And these are all good things. We need to stop sending the message that as soon as you give your heart to God and you walk out that door, that everything is just completely great and peaches and cream. That's not how my experience is with God, and I haven't known anyone else that has experienced that either. I've got to undo a life that has been built around allowing the desires of my flesh to be built in my life. I've got to put some practical sanctification practices in my life in order to tear down the things that I've been building for far too long that will keep me from experiencing all of who God is. It's like God is way over there and I'm over here and I got all this stuff that I've got to sift through and perfect my faith. I can't pass that up. Waiting becomes faster. Take small steps. What we do, rather than wait for the practical sanctification process to take place and to be appreciated, we decide not to wait, and then it takes more time to get to where God actually wants you to be. You press the issue. I have this conversation with lots of people in this church. Lots of people outside of this church. Appreciate the process. See God in the process. Life is so much enjoyable if you learn to see God moving in the process. I mean, after all, if I arrive somewhere at some point in time, is the process over? Earthly? That's boring. God doesn't work like that. When you get to wherever it is that you think you're arriving to, you've still got to keep becoming and appreciate the process. I don't have time to preach on physical sanctification we talked about positional used to be in a relationship with the world now I'm in a relationship with God and we talked about practical the ongoing process of perfecting our faith every day one day here's when the becoming ends it's called physical sanctification when this fleshly body subject to sin and time finally takes on a glorified body an angelic body the Bible says that the trumpet will sound and that those who know him not know who he is. Everybody knows who he is. Even if you say you don't believe, you still acknowledge that you know who he is. You're never going to talk to him and be like, huh, who, what, God, there's a God. Mm -mm -mm. It's not do you know him or it's not do you know who he is. It's do you know him. And when that trumpet sounds, on that great 
judgment day. That's why I don't mind it when the haters hate and the judges, the people be trying to judge me. It don't bother me. Because on the great judgment day, when every knee bows, my knee, your knee, every knee going to bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can't avoid that. And I long to hear the words for me, for my family, and for the people that I minister to. I long to hear the words. Here's what the Bible says. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the only way that I know how to say it, come on in. Come on in, everybody. Come on in. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Then the race will be over. The struggle will be over. Becoming will be over. Perfecting your faith will be over. It'll all be over in the twinkling of an eye. In an instant, you'll hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant.